Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Weigh In Sports Talk. Today is Sunday, December 8th. Before we get started, here are a few reminders. We would love to hear from you, and here are several ways to weigh in. Call us at 646-716-5564, or join us in the chat room by listening online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino, or follow us on Twitter at Weigh In Sports. Now here's your host, Brian Tarvin, and co-host Trey Patterson. Let's weigh in. Thank you, Michelle, for the introduction, and welcome to Weigh In Sports Talk. And I am your host, Brian Tarvin, and it's going to be fun tonight and all month, actually. It's, it's two teams that are probably going to make the BCS championship game. We have a co-host named Trey Patterson, who's an avid Florida State fan. And, Trey, I'm an Auburn fan. Did you ever imagine in your wildest dreams that we'd have Auburn-Florida State for the national championship this year? Matt, I think if, if you or I or Tarvin or anybody else had put money on that as the matchup uh, before the season started, they'd be a very wealthy person <laughs> right about now because I don't know anybody who got, to be honest, I mean, maybe some avid, you know, narcissistic Florida State and Auburn fans bet, you know, that their own team would be in there just out of sheer allegiance. But I don't think anybody legitimately picked either team to be in the national championship game. <clears throat> well, I mean, I know I didn't. I thought my Auburn Tigers at best would win eight games this year and and get better. You know, from three and nine, Trey, to win eight games would be a great turnaround, would probably ensure Gus Malzahn would get coach of the year. But never in my wildest dreams did I think, you know, like last night watching that team, how how they run the football. I mean, my gosh, I've never seen a team run the football like this, Trey. And I have to ask you, have you you seen this? I mean, what, what is it? that makes Auburn so successful on the ground? Is it Nick Marshall? Is it Trey Mason? Is it the line? What do you see? Well, I think it's a little bit of everything right now. I mean, one of the things that I've, I've not heard a lot about, and I really sort of guess or second guess of why I'm not hearing about it, is you, know, you hear the quarterback get a lot, of, a lot of kudos in Marshall, and you hear, obviously you hear Trey Mason get a lot of credit. But that offensive line has been so improved, and they, and they actually – um, if you go back and you watch that game, I know a lot of Auburn fans will, this Monday SAC Championship game, you're going to see ginormous holes. I mean, Mason sometimes was 10 to 15 yards into the, into the secondary and, and going up against a, a linebacker or a quarterback, and that's that's all on that offensive line for creating such large spaces. And I was just impressed with how physical they got off the line and how they were able to make uh, really big gaps for him to run through. So, I mean, honestly, Tarvin, there are times where I was thinking that you or I could run through those holes. I mean, that offensive line was just very impressive. I could have probably, honestly, in the shape I'm in now, probably got 250 on the ground yesterday, you know, if everything went its planned. But there's one part of that offense. You talk about the offensive line and we talk about the running backs. But what do you think about fullback Jay Prosh for Auburn, the senior that transferred from Illinois, his mother died of cancer? How much of an impact is he? Because some of those big runs you see, he's in the he's in there making some huge blocks, getting to that second level. Well, obviously the way Auburn runs, they run with a fullback sort of you know sort of necessary. Florida State has some some of those sets as well. 
And it's important that you have a guy who puts a helmet on somebody, and he's been a guy who is not afraid to put a helmet. He's a very good blocking fullback, and uh, it's sort of exactly what Gus Malzahn on uh, and that offense needs at times when they run a certain set. So I mean, he's been just as integral to their success as his offensive linemen have been, um, if you go back and watch sort of the game footage. Well, if anybody would like to call in tonight and, and give us your opinion on, on anything that happened or just anything on your mind, 646-716-5564. And, Trey, you know, the miracle season, it had to have some help last night because after watching Auburn play, it was a track meet. The defense showed up in the fourth quarter and didn't give Missouri any points. But winning by 17 to me, it just didn't feel like Auburn did enough probably. And I think they did, but in the pollster's mind, I don't think without the Michigan State upset over Ohio State last night, Trey, Auburn would be in that number two position. I think Ohio State would have took it. Well, yeah, I think that's that's pretty accurate. I mean, Auburn played well, but they didn't, I think, play as well as they needed to to jump in Ohio State. Obviously, um, we knew pretty early on in the second half what was going to happen. I think I texted you pretty early. Uh, just Ohio State was not playing well, and Michigan State was dominating the last scrimmage, and that defense was just enveloped, just just completely subduing Carlos Hyde. So, you know, one of the things that um, we knew early on was, you know, Auburn was going to be in this game. Yeah, the 42 points Auburn gave up, let's remember that seven was from a fumble return for a touchdown and another one off a turnover, The fumble, another fumble they scored, and then – I don't know if you saw the game, Trey, but the Missouri's first touchdown deep into the end zone was actually hit the ground, and for some reason Auburn did not challenge it. I don't know why, but the defense in the fourth quarter looked like they were finally, you know, I mean, there were some big plays with Missouri, 6'5 receivers, and we'll talk about all this, but I think as the game went on, Auburn's defense got better, but you have to give some credit to Missouri for their offense. I mean, this is a team that I told you coming in I was very worried about because of their balance on offense and the 6'5", the 6'6", six, six, six receivers they have running down that field. It caused some matchup problems for Auburn, and they exploited it just like a good team would. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, Auburn has had defensive struggles all year long. They've been out to outscore um, the competition, and that, that's one of the things that we're going to be discussing and everybody else is going to be discussing is, you know, does Florida State defense hold them down? Because not many people have been able to really contain Auburn's offense. And we know that their defense is going to give up points. I mean, that's just the way it is. And so when you're talking about, you know, Auburn, is, is they they have an honest shot to outscore Florida State no matter what they do because of how good that running attack is. And, you know, the, the, just the progression of Nick Marshall. So, I mean, I, I'm looking at, you know, early lines, Tarvin. I'm a little surprised at some of how low the lines are for the Florida State-Auburn because it looks like a track beat early on. Yeah, and I mean this is a game where we're gonna we're gonna talk a month, Trey, and, and we're gonna need more time to discuss the matchups and, and the weaknesses and strengths and what Auburn's gonna have to do to ensure they can stop Florida State, what Florida State's gonna be doing. And Trey, these are coaches that are very familiar with each other. I mean, Damian Craig knows Florida State in and out. He actually recruited Winston and coach team, and he knows all of his strengths and all of his weaknesses, he's going to benefit Auburn. And then you have an old Auburn coach, Jimbo Fisher, at Florida State. I mean, there's so many storylines in this game, but I really, honestly, I don't care about a month off. I don't think really Florida State or Auburn could stop the other one. You're going to have to have a few stops. You're going to have to get some turnovers and breaks. But this national championship, to me, is is one of the most intriguing matchups besides that 2010 Auburn-Oregon game, Trey, because if you look in the past few years, 
they've been mismatches. You had Alabama blow out LSU. You had Alabama blow out Notre Dame. Uh, and then you've had Auburn, and it's been the only close game. But isn't this the most intriguing matchup probably in the BCS would be that Auburn offense with the way they run the football against a team that nobody fears? I mean, it looks like they can stop. I just think this is the best game possible out there right now. Well, I mean, I think there's an argument to be made. Obviously, I think Alabama would have been just as intriguing for a lot of reasons. Obviously, Jeremy Pruitt coming from there. Um, you know, Huey Town Boy, you know, re- recruited out from out from saving, you know, sort of grass. Um, but they blew their shot, and Auburn beat them. So, you know, this is, you know, I think if you're talking about the matchups that I think people wanted, I mean, I think Auburn, once they beat Alabama, this is what we were all kind of thinking about was, you know, hey, um, this is probably the matchup the most the country would rather see. Obviously, I think uh, if you're a Florida State fan and come out just the, the sheer – uh, ability to win the game, thinking you wanted to see Ohio State, but if you want to see a great national championship game that I, that I really think is going to be a good game, uh, this is it. Well, I mean, I'm ready to hear, you know, once the show's over, I'm recording ESPN now, what's going on with the BCS, but I'm ready to hear Herb Street, you know, how how he bashed Auburn for an entire week and everybody from ESPN and all over the media, you know, they're jumping on Ohio State's jockstrap, Trey. And last night, was it any surprise to you that Ohio State got beat by Michigan State? Again, this is the first top 15 team they played in two years. And it, and it kind of showed last night. It looked like Ohio State started out very, very tight, Trey. Well, you know, I, I don't know that it matters what, what Michigan State was ranked. I think what really matters is the Michigan State defense came to play. And what we honestly saw was an offense that's been progressing all year. If you watch Michigan State play, then you've seen them be outright anemic versus Notre Dame earlier in the year. They couldn't figure out anything. Too by the end of the by the end of the excuse me the Big Ten championship game, their offense is sort of figuring things out. Now, I obviously think that Ohio State was overrated and they were soft. Uh, so I think that's part of the outcome as well. But I, I really do think that Michigan State, Tarvin, and think about this: if we had the Final Four matchup, you know, next year, if we if we had it this year. It'd be number one Florida State against Michigan State, and then two versus three in an Iron Bowl rematch. I mean, that that would be. I mean, tell me, tell me how incredible that would be. Well, the first game, Florida State Michigan State would be terrible, and then the the Iron Bowl would be a, a good matchup. That would be it. But Florida State, look, Trey, Michigan State, they did a good job last night, but I just can't imagine them being in that top four really, just, just watching them play all season. But I want to go back to Ohio State just a second before we move back to the NFL, then we'll go to college and we'll break down every game and, and talk about the matchups. But Ohio State, why did it take all these pollsters and and all of these people last night to realize that Ohio State wasn't a very good football team? And I, when I say not very good, I mean not top two or three. I mean, when you watch them play, they had a lot of weaknesses all year. You've seen it. Why are college polls or the college coaches so set on keeping their teams in order. I mean, if you put Ohio State number two in the preseason and you've watched them suck all year, even though they're winning, why do you keep them number two, Trey? I mean, this is this shows me I'm glad the system's going away for the only reason I'm glad it's going away so the coaches' vote will not matter anymore. I mean, this is terrible. We're going to talk in a second about some of the coaches' votes here at the end of the season, how, how crazy they are. Why are they even voting, Trey? Well, I mean, it's been a flaw. All you know, the coaches always because they don't watch all the games and they watch game. They're they're too busy watching game footage. I mean, so it's easy to have your allegiances to certain areas 
Uh, and, and honestly, if you talk to a lot of coaches sort of, you know, off the record and you ask them, should an undefeated um, BCS qualifying, we're talking about not the American Conference or whatever that is, one of the big boys, you know, if they go undefeated no matter what schedule they play and you say, hey, off the record, no, nobody's going to quote, you know, conference or whatever, most of them are going to say they should be rewarded. I mean, uh, the, the, the losses matter and coaches understand that. So I think there's some of that, Tarvin, but then obviously there's a lot of biases going into these votes. Well, let's talk about a little bias, Trey. We'll flip over to the coaches' poll just a little bit. And I don't know if you saw Bo Pelini ranked Nebraska 25, and they're ranked like 36. He's the only coach that even came close. But if you look at all the coaches' votes, they, for the average, they rank their teams three or four places above where they actually finish. And that's what – that's what worries me a little bit. And I don't, I don't have a problem with Dan Antonio, Michigan State coach, voting Michigan State number two, Trey. But if you're seriously, if I coach Michigan State and I was looking at all of these teams, I would not put my Michigan State Spartans second, Trey. I think that's the problem. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury for Texas Tech voted Alabama number six, their lowest ranking, and he put uh, Baylor and Michigan State and Stanford ahead of Alabama. I mean. Tell me about how does Cliff Kingsbury have a vote and Gus Malzahn does it? Well, it's not, it's, it's, it rotates. And, you know, I mean, from Kingsbury's perspective, I mean, Alabama, um, you know, they, they haven't played a very strong schedule this year. You know, we wa- I watched a lot of them, and I think they're very good. But you can understand why some coaches just want to do that, obviously, and show allegiance to their conference. I mean, the thing is, is, you know, Baylor, I think, is a legitimate team. Uh, but I, I would, you know, to me – the final four that we came out with the BCS, Tarvin, I think is the final four I would go with. Um, just out of you know, ending strong, playing well by the end of the season, and being what I think are the tested teams. I think Alabama is so strong at number three that it's almost impossible not to rank them that high. Yeah, I mean, Alabama, look, if Missouri had a beaten Auburn last night, Trey, and Michigan State took care of business against Ohio State, give me the probability, give me a percentage that Alabama would jump Missouri to play Florida State in that national championship game. I don't think anybody's talking about that. Really. Well, yeah, because we don't have to, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, I think it. I think it. I think it was going to be a problem. I mean, you and I have talked about that. The way the <laughs> SEC racked Missouri, even though they played some of the toughest competition out there, um, they got racked and stacked behind Alabama. You know, even even up until this past week. So, had they had to jump Alabama? Man, I don't know. I think we could have had something very interesting happen. You know, there were some people saying Alabama could have jumped Auburn last night, and that would have been like, it would have been a, probably this over this, if, you know, if, if that would have happened. But, Trey, let's look at Bill Amaso real quick. For Arkansas, he gets a vote. He put Ohio State number 16, Trey. No, at Louisville, excuse me, number 6 instead of number 16. That's how high he ranked Louisville. He put Ohio State number 12. And they finished number six. Put Missouri at number five. They were finished number nine. He put Clemson number eighteen instead of eleven, where they finished. I mean, was Brent Billima just having fun with his ballots? Was he just flipping coins, putting teams where wherever they slotted well, in? I guess we know he hates Ohio State. So I mean, I think I'm surprised he put them that high. I mean, knowing the history that he has with Ohio State. So I mean, some of that you have to think about the history of the coach. You know, I mean, Clemson that kind of stuff. I mean. Yeah, who knows what he was thinking. I mean, Clemson lost the two games they had that mattered. So, you know, some people could say it could legitimately, and I'll be honest, Tarvin, I'm one of those people that doesn't, doesn't think Clemson should be in a BCS game. And and, and that, you just made my point for me, Trey, about 
coaches' votes. I mean, these guys are the most biased people out there. They they don't even vote most of the time, but that now they finally come. You're you're trusting people when you look at their polls, looking at their judgment. You're trusting them to pick two thirds of the vote to pick your national championship. That's the problem I have with this sorry BCS. I mean, it's the coaches votes too much. When the AP was in there, at least. It could balance it a little bit and kind of offset some of these stupid coaches. But, Trey, I mean, this 14 playoffs is going to have problems, too. There are going to be a lot of problems. Who's going to be number four, really? Well, I think in this year it would have been uh, – you know how you have a tough, a tough time thinking that it wouldn't be the four teams that are top four in the BCS. I mean, I don't think there's going to be much debate this year on that. I think some teams may be whining, you know, but all of them had plenty of opportunities to get there. So, um, to me – you know, you have three strong conference champions. You know, the Michigan State taking out the number two undefeated team. That's a lot of um, a lot of momentum. And then you know, Alabama is clearly the best, one of the best teams in the country. So, you know, right now, you know, Stanford, Ohio State, Baylor, Missouri, South Carolina, Oklahoma. I mean, really, come on. None of those teams really had an argument to get into the Final Four if we had that playoff this year. Yeah, I mean, but Bama, Bama's a team right now that. You know they're kicking, they're kicking themselves right now, Trey. Wondering what if, you know, if if they could have won at Auburn, would have had a Florida State Alabama matchup. But just so you know, Alabama would be a four point favorite over Florida State in Pasadena, where Florida State's a touchdown over Auburn. And Trey, I wouldn't have it any other way. When the game closed last night, Missouri was a two and a half point favorite over Auburn. So it just seems like to me, Auburn plays better when they're underdogs. And this is going to be an exciting game, but we'll come back to the college football world, Trey, and we're going to move on to the NFL. A great game started right now. I can't watch it. You know, it's Carolina at New Orleans. Trey, give me your first thoughts of that game right quick. Have you changed your mind on the prediction, or are you staying right there with it? Uh, I'm staying where I was before. Uh, you know, Carolina takes a field goal to start the game off. Newton looked decent, so, you know, he had a good run, too, so 19-yard gainer. So we'll see, Tarvin. This game's going to be very interesting. It'll come down to the fourth quarter. But, uh, well, Trey? Tarvin, go ahead, man. Hold on. I was going to tell you, Jason Campbell played inspired after that Auburn win last night. Can Cam Newton follow Jason Campbell tonight and feel good about Auburn going to the national championship and just play out of his head maybe? I don't know. I, I honestly don't think that these college outcomes affect pro quarterbacks. But, um, I mean, <laughs> I don't. I don't think that will inspire Cam Newton. I think beating the Saints and destroying their own and getting their own division race right here will, will more motivate him. But that's just me. Well, Trey, I will be in attendance in Pasadena actually for the game, and I'm hoping you can join me, man. <laughs> oh well, if you can give me a ticket, buddy, I I, I can't afford the thousand dollar ticket. Well, I just got a call from Lou Holtz at ESPN and. And said because he's such an idiot, he's gonna he's gonna fly you and I out there, both of us, Pasadena 50 yard line to take his place because he's such an idiot. But the BCS bowl projections, let's back up just a second. Are the bowls came out? Michigan State, Stanford in the Rose Bowl trade, not the national title game, but the Rose Bowl. We have Alabama, Oklahoma in the Sugar Bowl. That's going to be a good game for about a half of a quarter. And then what what are the rest of them, Trey? Uh, Baylor and UCF in the Fiesta and the Oranges, Clemson and Ohio State. Some good. So, what, what do you think about those matchups? Do you think it's fair Clemson got a BCS bowl and they suck? I would have put um, 
and honestly, it, it's really tough. If you look through the top ten and you, and you start trying to figure out who should be in a BCS game, I mean, there's a lot of big teams out there that really, to be honest, Tarvin, they don't have a lot of lackluster behind them. You know, two lost teams, that kind of stuff. Uh, but I would have taken number 11 BCS-ranked Oregon. You know, I would like to mm-hmm. see if they can play inspired. I mean, they have really – but even then, Tarvin, you can't complain they're not in there. Uh, the way they backed themselves into the end of the season and just really played poorly. Um, you yep. really can't blame people for not getting chosen. Uh, the one that really surprises me, and I just can't figure it out, is Oklahoma, Tarvin. I mean, I, I watched <laughs> them multiple times play, and they are just terrible. Um, so, like, I, I know, Tarvin, I know what they did against Oklahoma State. We'll talk about it. But this team, to me, is just so overhyped at number 10. I mean, I've I've seen them play... And I just, man, I, I just, it's, I'm scratching my head on that one. Well, Trey, I, I don't get it either. I mean, Oklahoma, they played a rival game and they won. And, it, you know, it's just like I've watched them play all season and they're terrible. Oregon would beat Oklahoma pretty bad if they played them. And the better matchup to me, I would, I would like to see Alabama-Ohio State play and then throw Oregon, you know, who, who would they play after that, Oregon. And who's Clemson playing Ohio State? Maybe put – at Oregon versus Clemson. I think that would be a better matchup to see, but Oklahoma getting in there is a joke. And Trey, Alabama will beat this team as bad as they want to beat them. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think um, an Alabama and Ohio State matchup would be intriguing. Uh, sort of like quasi-national championship. You know, Ohio State and Alabama both sort of lost theirs in one game, their chances. That would have been an interesting storyline. And then Clemson you know, and, and Oregon would have been good to me. I would have enjoyed that's kind of a, the, you know, the Taj Boyd, Marcus Mariota. You know, that, that would have been interesting. So, you know, and I actually am really excited about the Rose Bowl. I think Stanford and Michigan State is going to be a good game, low-scoring game, but good. So, you know I mean? But, well, yeah, come on, Oklahoma, Tarvin, Oklahoma. Yeah, really. you're, you're right. You're right. I mean, they, they, they play terrible all year long, and, and it's just they, they won this game. And I just don't get it. I just don't understand. I guess Oklahoma fans will travel. They'll they'll go and sell out. I'm not sure. I remember that game against Connecticut that year. They had UConn in the BCS Bowl. They they were giving tickets away when you bought a double cheeseburger meal at McDonald's. So I don't know what they're going to do this year. But Oklahoma's terrible, guys. Oregon is not that good. But do you think the comments that that Thomas said for Oregon that really just kind of slapping the Rose Bowl in the face, really like it wasn't very important to them? Do you think that had anything to do with other BCS bowls looking and and, and yeah, not giving I, them a chance? I really do. I mean, the way they backed into the end of the season and the comments they made, sort of not being interested in a BCS, you know, Bert, that, that I think that's a big deal. I mean, you know, you don't snub these people. I mean, these, the bowls, didn't, you know, they control the world, so to speak, uh, when it comes to college football. But, Tarvin, let me, let me ask you this. There's, there are some matchups that aren't in the BCS that, that I really think are good matchups. Tell me what you think about the Cotton Bowl, Oklahoma State and Missouri. I think that could be a good game. I think Missouri will – will beat these guys pretty good. I think Oklahoma had their Oklahoma State had their good game at home. It was a, a big game. And Trey, would you uh silence that phone please? It's about to, it blew my eardrum out. Uh <laughs> but yeah, Buddy, I, I mean, got looking so many at Oklahoma texting me, I don't know what you want from me, man. Too many fans. Would would you would you please have Mark May quit quit texting you during our during our show, man. You can have him later. But but looking at that game, Trey, Missouri, how do they respond? That's going to be an interesting game. But I, I think Oklahoma State's not a very good football team, honestly. They had one great game. They put on a show at home. It was College game day was there. 
and Baylor's about as soft as toilet paper. So I think Missouri could have their way with them if if Missouri's not too let down after that SEC championship game. I think Missouri could put up a half a hundred on them easy. And the other uh, some of the other interesting matchups, Tarvin, the Chick Fil A, uh, the ACC lobbied for Duke to get in there against A and M. Uh, I got to tell you, Tarvin, what if what if Duke beats Johnny Manziel on A and M? I mean, you imagine the havoc that would rain on A and M if Duke beat Texas A and M. I mean, that 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 has an interesting storyline to me. Um, so, Tarvin, what do you think about Duke and uh, uh. and Texas A and M? Well, I think Texas A&M will probably beat these guys worse than Florida State did last night. This will be in a dome, a fast track. Texas A&M with a month to prepare. Look, Duke's had a good season. Hats off to them and everything. But, but Trey, look at who they beat this year. I mean, A&M will, will beat these guys by at least 30 to 40 points. And I'm just saying at least. If I'm the Chick-fil-A Bowl, I guess you're excited that, that Johnny Manziel is going to come and you know everybody will come watch him. But I guess the Duke fans will come. I mean, it's not many chances, many times they get a 10-win season that I remember. So maybe they're just hoping to sell it out and have some fun there. But that's a bad matchup. Some other – and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get some of my comments later on when we do our bowl break. I'm not going to get away in my positions on any of this. But some other ones that interest me, Tarvin, Texas, Oregon, Louisville, and uh, Miami. So that's interesting that Louisville fell that far down to the Russell Athletic Bowl. Uh, you'll have – uh, I think uh, Tarv, another one, Syracuse and Minnesota, and Minnesota getting a, a bowl berth in the Texas Bowl. I think it's kind of interesting there. I think they have a good shot at winning that game. And then uh, Tarvin, I mean, the first game, the first game that we're going to see on December 21st, we got four games. So um, excited to get bowl season started now that the season's over. We have Army Navy next week, Tarvin, but then the bowl starts. Well. Well, Trey, I want to talk about some SEC matchups real quick. Let's just let's look through and, and see what you think or what you're seeing. But let's name some of these New Year's Day bowls where the SEC is going to be up against the Big Ten and the uh, and the Big Twelve. Well, uh, I think one of the ones that I think a lot of people think um, actually the Big Ten might take down is Iowa LSU. Iowa, a very sneaky good team. They've actually improved a lot. I think you know LSU. Uh, we'll be playing without Mettenberger. Still have time to sort of figure that out. Carolina uh, on the Capital One Bowl, and then uh, Nebraska, Georgia, and a rematch down in Jacksonville. Well, you remember Georgia's without their quarterback, so there's two teams, Trey, LSU and Georgia, without their starting quarterbacks for all year. I'm just waiting for these trolls on the internet to start. You know, if they lose the game, talking about how the SEC's weak, but I honestly don't see a game. You know, besides that national championship game, that's even in question for the SEC. If you if you look at this, and I'm not saying that to be funny, I, I think the SEC after that game could run the table. Well, I mean, I remember very very similar comments last year, Tarvin, and the SEC didn't do that. Uh, I think we'll see similar what we saw last year. Uh, Nebraska is also playing without their starting quarterback. So, you know, the interesting thing about the Gator Bowl is it's going to be a backup quarterback affair. So, it'll be interesting to see how both teams prepare for the bowl games with backup players. So, um, yeah, there's well, a lot of a lot of matchups starting in Rice and Mississippi State. I mean, Rice, uh, they have a shot against Mississippi State, buddy. Well, they do. Well, well, the last thing, the Alamo Bowl trade before we go to the NFL, Oregon versus Texas. I mean, is this Mac Brown's final game at Texas, or is he going to be fired before then? Well, I mean, here's the thing. It's, 
when you know that certain rumors are, are starting to get true when you see what happened in college football uh, last couple of weeks. So Texas is having rumors that Mac Brown might go. And what do we see, Tarvin? We saw Art Bryles of Baylor get a huge contract extension. We saw Texas A&M with someone get a huge contract extension. We got uh, Gus Malzahn, contract extension. The day of the ACC championship game, Jimbo Fisher, contract extension. So something's going on at Texas because, I mean, no one has money like Texas. And there's all of these coaches are suddenly getting huge raises. I'm telling you, Tarvin, there is something brewing at Texas. Yeah, there's something brewing, all right. I mean, these these guys think they can get any coach they want from any team. That's the arrogance to me of Texas fans is out of this world. Acting like people are just going to drop what they're doing and go to Texas to coach. But I don't know who's out there they're going to get right now. Like you said, there's some extensions going on. People are signing. Saban just recommitted, really, um, to his team. Malzahn just signed an extension trade. I mean, who are they going to get? I just don't know who's going to go to Texas. Will it be an NFL coach, or will it be somebody we're not even thinking of right now? Well, I mean, who knows? But I'm just saying there's, there's blood in the water at Texas, and all of these guys getting extensions should tell you that some of these schools are not – I mean, all of these schools think something's for real because all these these dudes are getting extensions. Uh, so, you know, um, that should tell you that maybe Texas is going to come open. Well, Trey, we have a caller from the 404 area code. You're on way in sports. Who's this? War Eagle, baby. You know who this is? It's Tino. Who's Tino? I haven't heard from Tino in a long time. Where you been, Tino? War Eagle, baby. I know him. Uh, War Eagle. What's what's up, Trey? Can you say War? You know, I I just want you to know we're coming for y'all. But, uh, man, how's everybody doing? Doing good, Tino. Doing good. Trey, is Trey on mute or something? He don't want to talk? Is he nervous? But I'm letting you get out of the way, man. I'll, I'll wait later to talk, man. You go ahead. <laughs> I understand, man. Wait, wait, wait till after the uh, BCS is over, then just say why y'all lost. You know, James Winston's a freshman. That's probably why. But uh, no, nah, man. The, 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 the Texas thing, man. I think that they're gonna get Mac Brown his last year. Then, uh, then he's probably gonna get ousted. Um, I, I'm not happy with how USC hired the guy they hired. I don't think that was right, man. Uh, on, on that perspective, right there, they should have went after uh, a higher, a higher ranking coach or something. Because that's USC. I don't think that USC is going to be back for a while. What do y'all think on USC, the hiring of the coach? Well, Tino, I totally agree with you, man. I think that was a kind of a weird move. I mean, I would have, if if I was Southern Cal and I couldn't find a bigger name, I would have just kept Orgeron there for a little while just to see. I mean, he can recruit, and he's winning some football games, but losing to his rival the way he did, Tino, I think that killed him. But, I mean, who really wants to, to take the SC job? It didn't seem like there were many people out there really pushing for it, and maybe people in the NFL were happy. But, Trey, I don't know about you. I just don't think it was a great hire, really. Well, I mean, I think for USC and the perspective, and, and I, I'm going to go against you guys. Sarkeesian, Sarkeesian's a very good coach. Uh, now, whether he's the right fit for, for USC, I think we'll see. But I, I think of the coaches that USC could have gotten, uh, he's a, I like him. I mean, you can't – they're not going to be able to go out and pull uh, the same kind of coach that Texas is because they don't have that kind of money. Now, they have that kind of recruiting still, but they just have – they just don't have that kind of sort of star power and money power just yet. Um, and USC is still a premier job. I mean, so I think there's a lot of criticism that you guys are throwing out there that's legitimate. I mean, why didn't they go out – 
and, and really put down some big names. And I think a lot of times it's because the big names said no. I mean, they really wanted, uh, you know, Gruden, but Gruden's not taking a college job. I mean, he's made that pretty clear. Um, but Sarkeesian, we'll see. I mean, he could be a, he could be a home run hire. He really could. I mean, he's a, he's a really good football coach. Yeah. Well, I, Tino, I got a buddy. Tino, 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 I need to cut you off and, and give you some kudos here. I remember when the season started, and, and I, I know Trey laughed at you on this, so I need to just uh, reiterate this. You said that Trey Mason, at the end of the year, would be a Heisman Trophy finalist. And, you know, I, yeah. I was hoping you were right. But, Trey, didn't you laugh at Tino when he did that? When he said that, I don't remember Tino being on the show in the last year. I mean, where has he been? Hey, hey it's not where I've been. It's the comment that I made to the facts. <laughs> I've been here. Hey, you can't you can't see ghosts all the time. They're there, but they're not there. So I mean, just call me Casper, man. I'm around when you ain't looking, man. But did I did I not say that you, Sonya, Jason Minson, and, and thousands of other listeners all laughed at me when I made that comment. And then I made another bold comment on what Auburn's record would be, and everybody laughed at me then, too. I just want to know what y'all think now, you know. Well, Tino, i, I got to give you props on it, buddy. You certainly uh, you certainly proved us wrong on Trey Mason. I think you will get the invite uh, to, to New York. I think he probably deserves it. I think there will be two running backs at New York, uh, which is, you know, something that, you know, all these quarterback loves we've been getting shows a little bit of a, a difference this year. You'll see the running back for Boston College there as well. Uh, so I think both those guys are going to be there. Um, they're not going to be holding the trophy at the end, you know, but they will be there. Yeah. yeah. What about the record, Trey? What about our record this year? Well, I mean, you have to be uh, obviously very proud if you're an Auburn fan. I mean, you know, you guys have done a great job this year. Um, yeah. A fingertip away from being – uh, nowhere near here, but a fingertip did not happen, and you guys caught the ball and went into the end zone. And you got—I mean, Auburn, the way they're playing—I mean, it almost looks to me, Tartino, uh, that they just have some sort of, you know, magic this year. That you know, you see these teams that happen year in and year out. Sometimes there's magic for the team. It seems like Auburn's got it this year, man. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate well, guys, I, I got a hold on, hold on. I got hold a, I got on, a question for y'all. Hold on, hold on, Tino. Hold on, Tino. The trade. Florida State's a couple of straight cops away from not being here. A couple of what? <laughs> straight police officers from not being here. <laughs> <laughs> now, Trey, that was I, funny, man. You have to laugh at that now. That, that was funny. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry. I, 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 don't, I don't laugh at police integrity, buddy. I, I got two questions for you. I'm, I'm, just, kidding. Y'all go. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I got two questions for you. What, Trey, what do you think, what do you honestly think in your mind the score is going to be between Florida State and Auburn? If you were just to guess right now. I honestly don't know, man. I I, I would probably, uh, to be honest, with uh, that rushing attack, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't have a score in mind right now. I think it's going to be, uh, I think Florida State's going to have a tough time stopping the running attack. I really do. Yeah. I, I think 42-28 uh, Auburn. But here's a big question I got for you, man. Well, one of my buddies a while ago was bragging on my Facebook page in my inbox that uh, that the Pac-12's got nine teams going to the bowl games. What does the SEC got? But now here's the question. Do y'all think – I don't watch the NFL like that because I feel like they're overpaid and they act prima donna. Do y'all honestly think that Johnny Football has a chance in the NFL? Is he going to be legit? Trey? 
You know, you know, I, you know, I scratch my head on him or whether he's going to be legitimate or not. One is, is yes, think about in the NFL. He's going to get hit harder than he ever has. And you, know, with RG three, who is a, I think to be honest, a much better quarterback coming out and sort of prospect wise with his, you know, his size and his arm strength. And you look at how he gets hit, you know, and you look at how he's had to change after getting injured. His entire, um, the way he runs an offense has changed. I, I worry that Menzel is going to be a guy who runs to the sidelines one too many times and he ran his mouth off to some, you know, linebacker who looks, you know, who's seven four and with 900 pounds and runs a 4-3, which is some of these dudes in the NFL, and he's going to destroy him. And I, think, I just think Menzel is going to get hurt. Uh, so whether he's successful for a little bit of time is a, a possibility, but whether he's a guy who plays five, six, ten years, I don't think so. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think Manziel's going to be – I mean, somebody's going to take a chance on him like they did Tebow in a way, but Manziel's not an NFL-type quarterback. He's a, he's a backyard football quarterback in my mind that makes some great plays if he has a great receiver. But as far as being in the NFL and being a successful quarterback – I don't think there's – there might be about a 5% chance of that happening. Yeah, he is coming out, though, right? Oh, man, he hasn't announced it yet, but, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll put money on it, you know. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. Well, well all right, man, I appreciate y'all, man, uh, listening to me. Hey, all right, calls, buddy. Well, keep in touch with us, Tino, War Eagle. Thanks for calling in. The next caller from the 256 area code, you're on way in sports. Who's this? Hey, what's up, guys? It's Corey. Hey, Corey. What's going on, Beth? Hey, not a lot. I was just going to uh, keep on the same page with Tino. I was going to remind you, uh, do you remember Brian Trey laughing at me back in August when I guaranteed that Auburn would be playing in Pasadena this year? No, no, Corey. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember <laughs> you saying that, buddy. I don't, yeah, I don't remember that either. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was just going to see if you uh, remembered that for me, Brian, but uh, no, I guess not. Probably don't remember that $1,000 bet we had either. Vegas <laughs> um, doesn't remember that? those either at the casino. <laughs> no, um, obviously, uh, I think I've said several times on your show that I was uh, quite surprised by Auburn's record. I think I predicted them to win seven games back in August. So, yeah, this, this season's turned out very, very well for Auburn fans. You think so? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, of course, the more you win, you're only going to be satisfied if they keep winning the next one. I mean, but, you know, obviously getting to the BCS championship was a lot more than any of the realistic ones of us could have hoped for. And so, um, obviously, we're not going to be satisfied now if Auburn loses, but, I mean, if they do lose, we just have to look back at what we were actually expecting and what happened last year and say, like, oh, well, they, they actually really overachieved. Well, Corey, I mean, I, look, somebody's got to lose that championship game. I don't want to lose it. But, you know, at the end of the day, you look back on this season, probably at the end of that game, win or lose, I think as an Auburn fan, you have to be very happy that you're in this game, being a, allowed a chance. you got somebody probably going to New York for Heisman. You won three games the prior year. I think you have to be very happy, win or lose, where Gus Malzahn is taking this program. And all it's going to take is a couple of years of recruiting some of these big defensive players he's already getting. And Auburn could be back in contention every year. I mean, you just never know. I mean, he wants to get them back where Alabama's going with the way they've been recruiting 
and, and getting players like that. And I think he's very close to doing that. Oh, yeah, I think that's a real possibility. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to jump the gun just yet and say, oh, yeah, it's going to happen. But, I mean, uh, that's a possibility with uh, the way he's turned this team around in one year. Uh, I could see him possibly having them as a top ten, maybe even top five team on a perennial basis. Yeah, Trey, what do you think? Uh, I really wasn't chatting, buddy. I, I didn't hear the question. Oh, never mind. Well, Corey, anything you want to add to the Auburn Tigers? We'll be talking about them in a few minutes. We're going to get through our NFL stuff, and then we're going to hit college. No, I was, just, uh, I was hoping you and Trey and I could all get tickets together in Pasadena. <laughs> well, not uh, Corey, well, I, you, buddy, you, you, give me, you give me a ticket, buddy. I, I'm counting on you. All right, I, I'll see what I can do. But, uh, yeah, actually, I, I don't know if uh, – your and yours and Brian's friendship would survive if you were sitting next to each other for that game. <laughs> oh, oh, it, it, it will not. Uh, th- this show is going to end within a month. There's no doubt about it. Trey would be knocked out, knocked out cold in there. He wouldn't remember the game first time Florida State <laughs> scored. He'd be like, "What happened? I don't remember." Uh, but, but Corey, man, I appreciate you, buddy. And stay on the line. We'll get back, Trey. Uh, the NFL looked like the Carolinas down seven to six. They went up six to nothing. The Saints went up seven to six. Let's start with our top five games of the weekend. Trey, get us started, buddy. Yeah, the first one. Let's call it the Snow Bowl. The Lions seventy-five. The Eagles playing in about uh, what's looked like six feet of snow. Lashawn McCoy <laughs> Shady did did some work in this game. Two hundred yards rushing. Tarvin took a couple to the house. The Eagles took took control of that division, Tarvin. Uh, what what do you think about this this big snowball? Well, I mean, you know, the Lions looking at them, they're a dome team, and and going on the road like that, where you you have to be able to move the football, that's not good for a pass happy team like like the Lions. I, I think you know it just took a little while for the Eagles to for the snow to stop, and it just seemed like they started really moving the football. I think this was a huge game, Trey, and at the end of the year, if, if the Eagles win this division, I think you can go back and circle this football game. I think that's how important it was for them. Yeah, I mean, to play in these conditions and really to overcome some adversity in the second half, I didn't watch the football game. Uh, and then Shady McCoy, man, the, the, guy's, the guy's incredible. So the Eagles now it's going to be put a lot of pressure on that Cowboys-Bears matchup. Uh, so we'll see what the Cowboys can do, which is the next game, Tarvin, they're yet to play. Uh, but I'll move us on, Tarvin, the Colts, 8-4, and four, and the Bengals. The Bengals really played well in this game. The Colts tried to make a comeback, but the Bengals just, just held on. Tell me about what you, the Colts now, 8-5. and five. What do you think about them? I think they're a sinking ship right now. When Reggie Wayne went out for this team, Trey, I just think they lost their identity or something. And, I, you know, Trent Richardson, you know, being traded or – you know, going to the Indianapolis Colts, everybody thought it was going to, you know, really benefit this team, but really it didn't do anything really. I mean, he had six carries today for 20 yards. I mean, is that really what you traded for to get six carries and 20 yards? Andrew Luck is 29 for 46, 326. He had a great day, four touchdowns and no picks. But, Trey, this is the NFL. This quarterback can't do it by himself. You have to have some help from your defense. You have to have some help from everybody, and, and Andrew Luck's just not enough. I mean, Cincinnati controlled the ball. I mean, they did what they were supposed to do at home. They were seven-point favorite, and they ran the football 155 yards to 63. That's really all you have to say about that. 
Yeah, I mean, and Tarvin, going on to Trent Richardson, I mean, let me ask you this. I mean, the Browns, when they traded him, you and I and the entire world said the Browns were the dumbest team ever. How do you trade the number three overall pick? And, you know, this early in the season, basically giving up on him. Is it now safe to say that Richardson is a complete bust in the NFL? Right now, at this time, yes. I mean, but, you know, this kid is – I remember watching him in college, Trey. I thought Trent Richardson is one of the best running backs I've ever seen, just the way he's built, the way – how hard of a runner he is, how strong he is. But I don't know. Maybe Alabama wore him out too much. I don't know. But he took a beating in the SEC. I don't know why he can't be successful, Trey, in the NFL. I mean – maybe injuries, I just don't know. I mean, it really shocked me that he's not having a successful NFL career because I thought he would. Yeah, and I want to, you know, if you go maybe on YouTube, if you look at um, and just Trent Richardson and hitting the wrong hole problems, I don't know how you Google Google that or whatever, but there's a bunch of videotape out there. And it shows you if there's a hole open, you know, he's supposed to go right and there's the hole. He'll run left into a lineman, and I don't know what it is, but it's not injuries, Tarvin. Uh, but the guy can't seem to see. I don't know if his vision's bad, but he's definitely not seeing the holes correctly, or he's not running in the right lane. So that's the, to me, to be honest, the big problem with Richardson, and I don't know why that is. But I mean, I don't know if he's not doing the film study or if he's just not watching the plays. But it seems like this guy is a bust right now, Tarvin. I just wanted to get your opinion on that. But I'll move us on to the next game, Tarvin. Hello. Trey, I have to correct you. Remember, you said you said this year Trent Richardson would be better than Adrian Peterson, did you not? I did, and I am completely <laughs> wrong on that, buddy. Yeah. Uh, believe me, not only am I am I hurting on the show for that one, I'm hurting in the fantasy in the fantasy realms for that one, buddy. Man, that hurt. But you know what? You know, you know, Trey. The, I'm gonna tell you that prediction wasn't too way off in my mind when I when you said that. I mean, I, I have huge expectations for Trent Richardson, so you're not the only one. Even though he's an Alabama man and he played there, I have big expectations for him. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm shocked. I mean, if you go in and uh, and you watch the film on that, and you know, because I watched the show basically on Trent Richardson, and I was just I couldn't believe what I was seeing with the tape of him missing missing in the lane. So, you know, maybe it can be corrected and he can turn it around. But I mean, maybe not. Carmen, I'm just it does shock me that he's still you know still playing so poorly. But Tarvin, uh, the Saints are seven to six over Carolina right now. Nothing really to report more than we already discussed. Uh, but Tarvin, how about the number one game of the week, the Seahawks and the Forty ers I predicted a Forty ers victory. Uh, they won on a, a field goal, less than a minute left in the game. Uh, what do you think, buddy? Well, this was really a must win, and if you're Carolina, if you're the Saints or the Niners, you're very happy of what happened because. Let's face it, Trey, it's obvious that you can't go to Seattle probably in the playoffs and beat these guys. So you need them to start losing some football games, especially on the road. And they did, which means they're only one game ahead in home field of Carolina and, and the Saints right now. But San Francisco had to prove to themselves that they could win a game. I'm not very impressed with the way they played today. Honestly, just watching the game, I think both teams were sloppy in my opinion, but Hey, a win is a win. The point spread was two and a half in this game, and San Francisco didn't cover. They won by two, Trey. It was just not not very a great game to watch. Yeah, I mean, but it's a very important win for the 49ers. But talking about great game to watch, Tarvin, I'll tell you, tell me if this is not the game of the year. The Vikings, Tarvin, did you happen to catch the last two minutes of the Vikings-Ravens game? 
Yeah, where I saw Flacco get lucky and the Vikings choke. Yeah. Well, you're you're synopsizing something that you did not see, my friend, because the last two minutes of that game, there were five touchdowns in two minutes of play. Five, crazy. So I mean, that if you get a chance to um, to turn back and just spend two minutes of your time on YouTube, I mean, that was just I mean. Paul said it felt like a video game. It, it did. I mean, what a crazy, crazy ending. Yeah. Um, and 42 points. 42 it. points in the fourth quarter, Trey, and they had 13 the prior three. So 42 yeah, points was, in one quarter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, insane, insane ending to a game. I, I just couldn't believe when the last touchdown came down. I was like, are you kidding me? Uh, but, Tarvin, other than that game, uh, the other <laughs> thing I'll tell you in, in football and the NFL was, uh, Tom Brady got lucky again. Uh, that passing interference yeah. call was a phantom call. Didn't exist. The Browns got ripped, uh, and just it was unfortunate. Trey, are you trying to tell me that an official missed the call? Yeah, for the Patriots too, isn't that odd? That is, man. How? I mean, honestly, Gronkowski's probably out with a torn ACL, which is not good. This win was huge for New England, but. Everybody talks about New England like they're the best team in the AFC, Trey. And, man, the way they've won some of these games against lower-tier opponents, it makes me scratch my head wondering how good are the uh, Patriots really. Well, I mean, you're exactly right. And they could be – you know, they have a shot at home field. I mean, obviously, they're, they're looking at the two-seed right now behind Denver. But, man, you're right. Man. I just couldn't believe that call. Just, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a Browns fan, but I was infuriated for the Browns. You know, we've had – you know, got a brown on our, our, our show, and you know, just man, I was just, I was just upset at the, the, the basically made-up call, as Paul Ewing put it. Well, I don't know if you watched the Denver Titans game, Trey, but they kicked a 64-yard field goal. I believe it was 64 yards. I mean, how in the world do you kick a 64-yard field goal? Well, I, I don't know. I asked. I, I think Alabama's probably asking that question, or is that too soon? That might be too soon. You'll have to ask. Oh, okay. There was, I think, there was a 56-yard field goal for Alabama, but so I don't know if everybody thinks it's funny. But yeah, Sonia said too soon. Uh, nope, not too soon. She said not too soon. Okay. Well, I mean, Sorry. here's the thing. He broke the NFL record, man. It's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> incredible kick. Uh, but you know, the one that oh, they call it mile high for a reason, Tarvin. The air is thin up there, buddy. I remember in high school, Trey. You know, in the playoffs, I kicked a. Uh, a 61-yarder to win state, so that's the farthest I can kick it. So 64, you have to be a grown man to kick one like that. So. Uh, I remember high school one time I, I kicked a 97 <laughs> goal, no big deal. I'm joking, guys. Y'all know I didn't, I didn't kick. But here's a 224 area code here on Way In Sports. Where are you from? Who are you? Hey, Tarvino, it's Querville. How you doing, man? What up, Cuervo? Cuervo, man. Cuervo, are you using a fake phone number to get into this show? Yeah, you know, them apps that you can use to, uh, you know, disguise your number? That's what I'm using. I wanted to pull a fast one on you. I thought I had you blocked. Trey, man, I can't believe this. You got in. Oh, uh, man, Cuervo, how'd you get in, buddy? Stop using fake numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, them apps that they have nowadays. Why don't you want me to call in, Tarvino? I'm joking. I was wondering when you were going to call in. I saw you in the chat room, and what's going yeah. on with you? What's on your mind tonight? Oh, just uh, just listening in. I know there's a lot of stuff to talk about, so um, I know you guys got a packed show, so I'm just listening in. I figured I'd chime in once in a while, but uh, 
A lot of good stuff today, guys, in the NFL since we're on the subject. Uh, aside from the weather, there was touchdowns galore today, and uh, but it was a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> well, I think all of those teams watched the uh, the no defense between Missouri and Auburn last night, and, and maybe it gained some confidence. I mean, maybe they were confident enough to be able to score some touchdowns today. I don't know. Yeah, and the defense is yeah, – they just didn't – they didn't look like they wanted to be out there, so – it was, it, but it was it was fun for the fans to watch. <laughs> I would, you know, honestly, guys, I would have loved to have been in Philadelphia for that game between the the Eagles and the Lions. How much fun would that have been? With that snowstorm being being there, I mean, oh, maybe maybe it's just me being from a place where it snows a lot. But I would have loved to have been there. That would have been that would have been a lot of fun. Trey, Trey, I like to watch it in my recliner when it's where it's about sixty eight degrees. What about you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, uh, I'll i take the virtual snowball over the one real, man. I, I like the warm weather. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Cuervo, we're, we're wussies over here, man. I mean, you know, the snow, and we, we don't see that much down here, so it's like a foreign substance. But, but real quick, <laughs> but guys, we're going to move to college football, and, and there's a lot on the slate. Cuervo, you have anything in the NFL you want to add before we move to college? Um, you know, honestly, not a whole lot. Um, you know, I heard you guys talking about that Minnesota-Baltimore game. Phenomenal finish. I mean, there was a lot of good finishes today. Even even the way Miami pulled out, uh, you know, their win against Pittsburgh today, the way that, um, uh, you know, New England, the way they came back against Cleveland. I mean, it shouldn't have, it shouldn't have came down to that, in my opinion. But, uh, I mean... In the NFL, you, you you get wins how you can, and uh, you know for the Patriots, I mean, I, I'm just it just you know this injury to Gronkowski is really gonna I think devastate them going into the playoffs, and you know they don't have Aaron Hernandez anymore, so it's like where do they turn now for you know to to find some tight end help? That that's going to be the big question for the Patriots. Yeah, I think they're done with that Gronkowski trade. Do you agree with that? I mean, the Patriots, I don't think they can wrap up home field advantage. I think they'll sneak in the playoffs, but they have a zero chance to really win a playoff game without their tight end. Well, they have a, I think they're still a solid chance of being the number two seed. So, I mean, I think they'll host a home, home field game, possibly. Uh, but, yeah, no, not the number one seed. No, I don't I don't think so, guys. Well, the NFL was fun today, and, and we'll see what happens tonight. And tomorrow night we have the Bears and the Cowboys. That should be a good one. So let's head into the college world where, where Trey, I think both of us picked Michigan State to beat Ohio State. Both of us picked Auburn to beat Missouri. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. But let's let's go to number 10. We had Tommy Tuberville at home, took his 9-2 Bearcats against Louisville, Trey. And Louisville's number 19. You know, they were in this game with a 10-1 and record. Any shock here when you watch this game? I mean, I picked Louisville to win. I needed them to win, and they pulled it off for me. But Bridgewater just, I think to me, Trey, he made sure he's he's one of the top quarterbacks taken in the draft. He looked phenomenal at times the other night. Yeah, I mean, Bridgewater looked, looked pretty good, um, and Louisville did what they needed to to get um, um, a little bit of respect back. I mean, it's crazy. This is the same Louisville team that sort of destroyed Florida in the bowl. I don't know if Florida's season this year, sort of invalidated that in people's minds. But, you know, Louisville, um, 11-1, a good season for them, Tarvin, for sure. Well, I mean, we're not going to spend much time on this game, but but I will pat myself on the back, and and I picked Bowling Green 
to beat Northern Illinois, Trey, and the Wonder Kid over there. Tell us, will will Jordan get a get a dinner in New York after that loss? Yeah, I still have him in my final five, Darvin. I know we'll talk about that later, but I still have him in my final five. Okay, I don't. Well, tell us about Bowling Green. I mean, what was it? I mean, they looked like they were they were able just uh, to scheme, maneuver, get open. I mean, the Northern Illinois defense was so terrible that Bowling Green looked like a, a Pac-12 offense over here. Well, yeah, I mean, Northern Illinois does not have a good defense for sure. I mean, Jordan Lynch didn't look bad in this game, but – you know, I mean, Northern Illinois was not a team who deserved a BCS shot. I mean, so to me, it was I didn't pick the, I didn't pick Bowling Green, but I was happy they won. Well, Cuervo, Northern Illinois is not going to BCS bowl game. Are you happy, or did you want to see him play again? No, I, I think they embarrassed themselves enough last year when they lost to Florida <laughs> State by you know what was it 112 points or something like that. Uh, you know. As much as I like Jordan Lynch and and how good he can he pot you know could be at the next level, uh, Northern Illinois is just not a good team. I mean, you got that one player and that's about it. So no, I'm glad they didn't make it. Well, and and we'll talk about the Heisman in just a few minutes. So I'll save my thoughts for that. And the next game, Trey Fresno beat Utah State and without Chucky. So let's move on at Central Florida. SMU trade. Central Florida took care of SMU barely. They already clinched their their conference. They're going to a BCS bowl game, and that moves us on to number six, Texas at Baylor trade. Baylor took care of Texas. It was a very close game early, which was surprising to me. It was what three to three at halftime, something like that. Yeah. Mhm. It was very like yeah. yeah. Thoughts thought on Texas in this game? Why, why did they Why did they fall apart in the second half? Really. Well, because they're not ever, I mean, because they're not as good as Baylor. I think the offense and Bryce Petty uh, were able to come through. Um, but I mean, here's the real question that I think comes out of this game now that we see Baylor's in the BCS is Tarvin is does Mac Brown's fate? Is he still playing game by game, or do you think that that he's already they've already made a decision? It's just a matter of when they announce. Well, I don't think anything can be done you know, to save it. Just say if if, they're, if he's on the fence and he beat Oregon or something in that bowl game, I, I, I still think, and I'd like to hear Dustin's opinion on this in the chat room, uh, Dustin Porterfield's a big Texas fan. I've, I've been thinking he's been gone for a while, and I don't think it was a shock, you know, losing to Baylor. I think if it had beaten Baylor, it would have helped him a little bit, but I think he's gone, Trey. I don't think anything he can do from this point on is going to save his job. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the answer. All I can tell you is what I see from other coaches getting the extensions. And, and Dustin, you're, you're, you know, Dustin, you're, uh, you're a Texas guy, man. Let us know what you think because, you know, I, I'm looking at this Tarvin and I see signs, and maybe, maybe I'm reading it wrong. Is that they've already made a decision, and it's just a matter of when they announce. Yep. And if you'd like to call in, I'm going to give the number so people in the chat room, in case you don't have it, six four six seven one six five five six four. Call in, press number one if you'd like to talk, or don't press number one and you'll be in the queue and you can just listen. Um, Cuervo, I don't know about you. Did Mac Brown? I mean, was was it already decided yesterday? He's probably not going to be back, or or what? Uh, I think it was before, honestly, Tarvino. You know, I know the win over Oklahoma, you know, gave him maybe a little bit of light as far as buying one more season, uh, but. I mean that it was still it was still a small chance that he was going to be able to stay in in 
you know, in Austin. But I, I don't know. I just I just don't think uh, there was going to be much he could do unless he ran the table uh, from you know from that point on. But it, I mean, it, it would have taken a lot, in other words, for for him to stay. Yeah, and and you look at Mac Brown. I think he's done enough for Texas not to be fired, Trey. Uh, I, I just don't think they're going to fire him. I think he'll step down or whatever and work out a deal. But I just think Texas is, is you know, they're a spoiled fan base too. They want to win. They expect to win. They they have all the resources. They have facilities. They they have been doing good in recruiting several years back, but the last couple of years they've heard in recruiting. And I think that's a sign to me that it's time for a change in Texas, Trey. If you if Texas is a top-five team nationally recruiting year in and year out. When that started going down, that's what made me scratch my head a little bit about my, about Mac Brown. I think they have to go get somebody now, and I think it has to be a huge name. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, like I said, that, I think they deserve, if you're a Texas, with the money and the facilities, and this the recruiting in Texas, that school should be successful. I mean, they don't have to be – you know, number one, number two every year, Tarvin. But they should be on the verge of winning ten games every year, and then they should be on, you know, in this Final Four debate. You know, pretty much, uh, you know, on an annual basis. Yeah, and I think ten wins is not enough for Texas. I mean, going ten and two and then making a bowl game is just not enough anymore. And I think you see, if you're out there in your Texas, you look at at what. Uh, What's his name? I must champ did with Florida last year. His first year he came in, his second year, and what he was able to do. And you see Gus Malzahn come in his first year. I think by by coaches coming out and doing this, and teams like Auburn getting in and getting better so fast, I think Texas is going to look in the mirror and say, "We have everything we need to win championships. We just need a coach." And I think Mac Brown's time at Texas is over. And and not to beat a dead horse, I think he's a great man and he's done a great job for Texas trade. But every coach, it comes a time when you have to step aside. And so we'll see what happens with that. And the next game, I guess, this, to me, the shock of the day, uh, Oklahoma going on the road to Oklahoma State, Trey, and getting a win. I mean, that was a big win for Oklahoma to go on the road and do this, which gave them a BCS bowl game. But was that the shocker to you of Saturday? Yeah, I, I was surprised that uh, – I mean, given you – know, I said I was on Oklahoma's bandwagon for a while this year. I mean, not, not nationally, you know, ranked, you know, wise, but – you thought they had a shot to pull some big game upsets. Uh, so maybe I had to wait a couple of weeks before that came true. But just a surprise at how poorly they played earlier in the year when they, and, and how well they played in this game. Uh, Oklahoma State, I thought, played um, in the second half almost like they were playing not to, not to, not to lose versus to win um, and really held down some of their, their sort of their offensive weapons and powers. So I, I thought Oklahoma, kudos to them, Tarvin, but I still think they're going to get blasted. Uh, and they got lucky. Cuervo, how did Bob Stoops pull off a win against Oklahoma State? Was it Oklahoma State's just not that good, or or what? You know that that's a great question because, like you said, I mean, it's it's. I think it shocked probably, you know, nine out of ten people. And I don't know. I guess it's just. Do you want to call it inexperience? I mean, I don't know how to. I don't know how to put it. I mean. Not that Mike Gundy's not an experienced coach, but Bob Stoops been around a long time. And, I mean, I don't know what it is, but 16 points in the fourth quarter, uh, just enough to get the win. I mean, you can call it what you want, but, you know, Oklahoma somehow pulled it off. 
And they did. And, and you know, Trey, does Bob Stoops maybe regret winning this game because now he gets to play Alabama. And if Alabama decides they want to play football that day and, you know, and they're not let down from not winning the national title, this could be just another indication of how how far Oklahoma has fallen off the map, really. I think Alabama could embarrass them very bad. We're, we're going to see just how far uh, how far Alabama is over Oklahoma in this game. Yeah, I think you're right. We're going to see the difference in programs in this game. I mean, I think Oklahoma State would have been a much better matchup in the BCS because they're a better overall football team. They had a bad, you know, they played an in-state rival, a very, very, you know, a rival who was very ambitious towards, you know, beating them. So Oklahoma State unfortunately fell, but, I mean, they're a better football team, and Oklahoma is going to get sh- sort of shown out. Carmen. Well, I'll make a prediction right now today. I don't think Oklahoma scores Cuervo. I don't think they score a field goal. I don't think they get a safety. I don't think they score against Alabama. Is that a bold prediction? Oh, that's that's Sonny Clark level, Tarvino. I mean, I'll give – I'll give Oklahoma two field goals. That's about it, though. I could see a, I could see a thirty-one to six game or a twenty-eight-six game, somewhere around there. But boy, oh boy, to to say they're going to throw up a goose egg, mm, no, I think they'll get a couple of field goals. You know, you might get a couple of penalties or something like that. Get them in field goal range, and but that's the only way is if Alabama gives them the opportunity to score points. Well, and I'll put this, Trey. Alabama will put up a half a hundred on them. Well, I mean, I don't know about that. I mean, here's the thing about Alabama. I mean, let's not forget that Utah game a while back when they went to the BCS and weren't very motivated. I think they're going to be motivated in this game because of who Bob Stoops is and how much he runs his mouth. I mean, he's a lot like Steve Spurrier. He likes to talk. Mm-hmm. He likes to chirp. And I think that's going to get back to him. I think Alabama's going to have a reason to play this game. I don't. I don't know if their offense is going to put up that much, Tarvin. But they're going to. This is going to be a one-sided, lopsided affair for sure. I think Alabama is going to have uh, no problem seeing who their quarterback is at some point and seeing how he plays. Hey guys, sorry about that. Can you hear me? Yep, I hear you. All right, sorry. I accidentally hung up the phone. My bad. What was you saying, Trey? I just said, uh, you know, that Alabama, I think, is going to figure out who their backup quarterback is by the second half. Yeah, this is one of the the most lopsided BCS games that I can I can imagine just watching. It's in Alabama. If they win, Trey, they're going to finish number two in the nation. And and I know that's a disappointing season to to some Alabama people, but very successful season. You can't win them all, but man, this is going to really hurt Oklahoma. I would I think Oklahoma would have been better off going to the Alamo Bowl or something and playing and let Texas or somebody come switch places with them because this is going to get bad. And the next game on our list, guys, Stanford, the Stanford Cardinal, the best team in America, went on the road to Arizona State and trade. They won the Pac-12 championship. I thought Arizona State would win this game, being at home, already playing Stanford. But at the end of the day, Stanford's too physical. And they, and they show something. Physical football wins games. And, I mean, you can't prepare for physical if you're not physical, Trey. And it just showed that Stanford's just a little bit better than Arizona State. Well, I mean, a lot better. They beat them not once but twice. And this game wasn't close. I mean, this, this game was, was not close at all. I mean, Stanford dominated this game. Their running back scored three times. Uh, Stanford is uh, 
you know, just just the, the best team in the Pac-12. I mean, that's really the way it is. I mean, this team, 11 and two. I'm not mistaken. This is their third straight BCS game. I don't, you know, I mean, this this is begin, becoming, um, you know, a program that's dominant every year. Yeah, I mean, Cuervo, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I mean, I, I'm as far as Stanford. I mean, that, that's you know, they're a very physical team, and and that's why I'm glad that. Michigan State beat Ohio State because this Rose Bowl is going to be by far, and it's not even going to be close, guys. This is going to be the best BCS game of, you know, of the of the bowl season. I mean, outside of the national oh. title game, obviously, outside of the national title game, I'm saying Rose <laughs> Sugar Orange Fiesta. Out of those four, the Rose Bowl is going to, and it's not even going to be yeah. close. It's not even going to be close because. You know, we're sitting here talking about how Alabama's going to roll Oklahoma, and we're talking about, you know, how Clemson doesn't even deserve to be in a BCS. Then you got Baylor, who's just going to steamroll, probably steamroll UCF. You never know. And then, um, then you got the then you got the Rose Bowl, and I think that's going to be the best one. And you know, it's going to be a real physical game, and and that's the one I'm looking forward to out of the four out of the four BCS games outside of the national title. Well, Cuervo, I have to agree with you. I mean, that's a game I'm looking forward to as well. But but guys, when you look at Stanford, when you look at what they've done this year, and Trey thinks I hate them, and it's it's not just that, but they lose to two unranked opponents, and they're still up there hanging around the top five. That's what I have a problem with. I have no problem with going to the Rose Bowl. They won the Pac-12. They deserved it. But, Trey, I mean, these guys get way too much credit. The only teams they beat are teams that, that really aren't physical. And any time they play somebody that can actually put up points and, and punch them back in the face, they, they just don't do well. I mean, I'm just tired of hearing about Stanford. Well, I mean, let's be honest, you do have an anti-Stanford bias, but that's okay. I mean, Stanford is not a national championship contender, uh, but they are. I mean, the thing is, I think what you don't like about them is they're an SEC team that plays out west. I mean, they are built um, like an SEC, you know, physical football. They don't have, with a media, you know, obviously a mediocre quarterback. I mean, they have – that's their weakness. They have a great running game. They have a, a really good defense. But they have a really honest to be a terrible quarterback. I mean, I, don't, I think the guy's pretty much garbage. But, I mean, I think that if they had a really good quarterback, they'd be easily undefeated. I mean, that's, they're a really good football team, and, and Jason Humphreys corrected me. This is their fourth straight BCS game. That's pretty pretty darn impressive. Yeah, but I'm sorry, guys, and I'm not a Stanford hater. It's just I just don't understand how you see Stanford's and, and you see Notre Dame's and sometimes and Ohio State, all those teams getting so much love. But, hey, whatever. Stanford, congratulations. You – you're going to the Rose Bowl, and that's going to be a good game. Michigan State's a team that, that really come under the radar this year. Cuervo, nobody talked about them. And then all of a sudden, here they are, and we're going to get to them in a moment. But the next game, Trey, I know you were shaking in your boots last night when, when the Florida State-Duke game come on. But tell us, I mean, how did Duke shut Florida State down early in the game? Well, I mean, I, I think Florida State was, was significantly distracted with the whole Winston decision on Thursday. Um he played differently than he's played all year. And I think, um, and, and no doubt, I mean, there, there's not a lot. If you have a, a big life decision that happens in a week, uh, you're probably not focused on game film, and you're probably not focused on, you know, your mechanics and that kind of stuff going into this game. So I think, you know, Winston played a game where he had to struggle through a lot of, a lot of personal stuff, and you know, a lot of off the field issues, and you know, whatever your opinion is of that stuff. I mean, 
it's easy to see how it would affect a, how it would affect a person, Harvin. I think it affected him greatly. Um, no doubt about it. Well, to me, Cuervo, Florida State seems, I mean, distracted. They looked tight, and, and maybe it was they felt a little pressure knowing that this last game all they have to do is win to get there. And I don't care who you play that game knowing that if you win, you go to the championship. That's a lot of pressure on the team, uh, Cuervo. And I think Florida State early felt that. And then they it just seems like all year they struggled in the first half sometimes of games, and then they just destroy teams. But tell us why that struggle happened, Cuervo. Was it because of the the distraction with the you know with the police and everything, or was it the pressure of going to the championship game? Well, I think it had more to do with you know the pressure of of knowing that that win puts you in the title game. And I'm gonna I'm gonna. Uh, scratch trays back a little bit here on this one, and, and the, you know the way I see it is that Florida State was just trying to get a, a and this is going to sound weird, but getting a feel for for Duke and, and and their style and things like that. And once they figured them out, as we all know, that's when Florida State turned it on. So I think that's what we saw more than anything. And once Florida State figured out what Duke was all about, I mean, you know, they 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 turned the heat up and. You know, Duke just couldn't stay in the kitchen, so they, you know, they got out the kitchen and because and it, it was too hot for them. And I think that's what we saw. I don't think the Winston thing had anything to do with the way Florida State started off uh, slowly. It was just, to me, in my opinion, it was just more of getting a feel for what Duke's game plan was all about. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a good point. Either way, I mean, Florida State, they haven't played the greatest schedule this year but they have really dominated about every game they've been in. I don't remember one. Maybe it was at Boston College was up pretty good on them. That was the only close game they played. And, and that national title game, Trey, could be interesting to see how they do against a team that, that has experienced that. So it's going to be a fun one to watch. Florida State took care of business like they should have. They're the number one team in the country. And that takes us to the two best games of the day, Trey. I mean, the Ohio State game last night against Michigan State. You know, feeling the pressure, Trey, Ohio State came out and got in a 17 to nothing hole. It looked like they were really feeling the pressure, and then they went on a 24 to nothing run. Tell us how Michigan State was able to regroup after that 24 to nothing run and, and win this football game. Well, I mean, that, that's the interesting thing is uh, this was a game of complete momentum. So you had the early run by Michigan State, which really sort of caught Ohio State. You're right, sort of in that glaze, the championship glaze that we've seen so many teams with or under. I mean, last year, you know, the Baylor, you know, Kansas State game, you know, the Baylor game this year. I mean, you just name one after the next. These teams can't seem to handle the pressure. And that's what happened with Ohio State early in this game. But then they came back focused. And I, I honestly thought – uh, when I saw them come back, I was like, man, this team actually is focused. They're, they actually may be better than I thought. And then, nope, you know, Michigan State really sort of flexed in that defensive muscle and really took control of the game and really never even let up. So, you know, this is one of those moments where Ohio State struggled early and it really cost them because you know, Michigan State wasn't going to go around. They weren't, they weren't in any way intimidated in this game. Yeah, I mean, I just – I just look at this game, and, Trey, one thing that surprised me, and I'm going to give Ohio State some kudos for in this game, is the way they were able to rush the footballs. And, and just like you saw in the Alabama-Auburn matchup, you saw against the Missouri-Auburn matchup, when you talk about that strength versus strength, Michigan State was giving up like 60-something yards a game on the ground. 
Ohio State, you know, was, was running the football better than anybody almost. And all of a sudden they put up 273 yards on Michigan State's defense. I think that's real impressive because when I watched Ohio State, they're a very physical offense trade. They can really pound the ball with a big running back. they got a dual-threat quarterback. I was impressed with Ohio State watching them run the football. Yeah, I mean, obviously, what I really was impressed with, and maybe, and maybe we'll find out soon, is Braxton Miller and his ability to run the football. He made good decisions in this game. Uh, really played well, Tarvin. So let me ask you this: With Braxton Miller losing, does Braxton Miller deserve an invite to New York? No, I don't think so. This is probably one of the truest defenses he's played, and. I mean, he did okay, but really they, they judge you by wins in the Heisman Trophy. And if Johnny Menzel can't can't get there because of wins, then I don't think Braxton Miller should either. So just looking at it, Cuervo, what do you think? Braxton Miller, does he deserve a Heisman invite? Because we know who's going to win the trophy, but does he at least deserve a dinner? <laughs> yeah, he'll get the he'll get the complimentary dinner. No, I don't think I don't think. Um, I mean, even before this game, I mean, how much were we really talking about? Braxton Miller, as far as Heisman Trophy, I really didn't hear a whole lot. To be, I mean, maybe I was watching a different channel, or maybe I was watching something totally different. But I, I really, I heard very little to no discussion about Braxton Miller for Heisman. It's, it's been all about Winston. It's been all. I st- I've been starting to hear about, uh, you know, Mason, your guy Mason in Auburn, um, and Jordan Lynch. Those were the only three guys that I really heard about. Uh, really didn't hear too much about Braxton Miller, so I mean, especially him losing in the, in the you know the Big Ten title game, uh, I think that pretty much sealed his fate right there. Trey, I think it. I think we could, we could even see a Trey Mason from Auburn get up in that top two, and we'll talk about the Heisman in a few minutes. But it's the Heisman Trophy to me has lost meaning and value to me. I, I just look at the Heisman Trophy, and and they just do it by game by game, like. If you you play 11 great games, Trey, or 12 games, and you have one bad when you're out, I, I just really don't like the way the Heisman Trophy's become what it's become. It's just who's voting on this, Trey, and and why are they so powerful that they can determine who the best player in the country is by one game? Well, I mean, it's interesting that that you say that. I think I think you've actually done that too. But uh, I mean, we all do that. I mean, we, you you think a guy is great and he has a really bad game, and, and that kind of ends it. I mean, you know, AJ McCarron had that unfortunately for him, and he got all the highs and hype, and you know, he had a bad game against Mississippi State, and we're all like, hey, the run's over. Uh, because you know, here's the thing: is that consistency matters, but also playing in a big stage matters. So, you know, Manziel is going to get an invite. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I got Manziel getting an invite. I think that's pretty secure. I mean, but I mean, maybe he doesn't, Tarvin. But I mean, I think that. Um, you know, it is a whole body of work, and the Heisman is different. I mean, there's a lot of – there's several awards that, that are supposed to be for the best college player, and they don't they don't always go to the same guy. I mean, last year they didn't. So, I mean, I would expect this year there's not going to be all to the same person either. Yeah, but we'll, we'll talk about our Heisman Trophy. But, but, Trey, we talked about it. The Michigan State really saved Auburn's season. But do you honestly think that if Ohio State – just say they came back and won that game by one point, I mean – how many coaches would have changed their mind on on that game looking at a one-loss SEC team versus, versus an undefeated Ohio State team? I mean, I, I don't think enough. I mean, honestly, I just I don't think it would have been enough. Yeah, I don't either. I really don't either. Uh, I, but, I, but I think, you know, and we, we said it last week all along that 
these guys that vote need to get their head out of their butt sometime and, and, and look at teams and actually watch them and see what they're made of and the resume they have because Ohio State's resume uh, wasn't good enough. But here's the deal. Auburn had their chance. They lost to LSU, a very good team, and, and they lost. And so you can't really blame anybody but Auburn if they'd have gotten left out. So the next game, Trey, the number one game of the day, Auburn-Missouri, you're talking about a shootout. At that game, man, it's, uh, you couldn't even sit down without one of these teams going up and down, up and down. But I'll tell you this, and it was a very poorly officiated game. And when I watched the Big Ten game last night, Trey, those officials were probably the best I've seen all season. And every time we watch SEC football, there's always controversial blown calls, and, and it's, just, it's just terrible, Trey. I mean, why are the SEC officials the worst officials in America? Well, I mean, uh, they are. Uh, the Pac-12 has probably got them beat. I mean, let's be honest. The Pac-12 has got some pretty horrible officials who have been suspended for, you know, the most blatant, ridiculous calls and insider-type stuff. I mean, so the Pac-12 is probably worse. But, I mean, the Big 12 does seem to uh, have a lot of bad a bad officiating in big games. I mean, the chat room's all mixed now. Now Sonia says the Big Ten refs up too. So maybe, maybe, maybe all of them. Yeah, there's Jason Pac-12. I'm already giving you love, there, Jason Pac-12. But right. I just think it's a perspective, buddy. But I think the, the, the SEC has had some bad calls in big games. Well, I'll tell you this: we were watching last night, and we had a good view of the line, of the line judge over here, and he was missing so many freaking calls that I mean, you could hear the cuss words coming out of people's mouth. That's how far we were from him. But they had an official in a gray jacket came down. I don't know if he was the head of officials or something, and he stood behind him from the middle of the third quarter through the rest of the game, like observing everything he did. I don't know. He even walked up the sideline at one time while the plays were no timeout, and he was talking to Pinkle on the sideline, and the head official came by, and you could read his lips, like, what the hell's going on? You know, are you calling a timeout or what? But it was it was a terrible officiated game. And, Trey, why didn't Gus Malzahn – challenged the first Missouri touchdown, a deep 40-yard touchdown pass into the end zone to hit the ground. I mean, why didn't the booth challenge it? Why didn't someone challenge that? Well, I think the coach has to. So, I mean, why did, why did Auburn not challenge it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah. it, was a tough, it was a tough play. I mean, I watched it on replay a couple times before I finally had the notion that I think it, it was like highball moved. I mean, so it wasn't the easiest thing at the moment, I think, to figure out. Because um, it took a commercial break, and you know them replaying it over and over again for me to really, really be secure. You know, because it has to be, you know, basically beyond a reasonable doubt almost. It has to be pretty darn sure um, that it, you know, the play needs to be reversed. So it's not just hey, I think it. It's got to be I know it, and it it took some time to figure that out on replay. Well, Cuervo, let's talk about you know the star performer of this game, Trey Mason for Auburn. I mean, he waited to a big stage to have his best game. He had over 300 yards rushing and four touchdowns. This Auburn offense put up almost 700 yards. They put 545 on the ground. Uh, Cuervo, tell us what you think of this Auburn offense. Well, I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, they're they're at their peak right now. You know, they're playing the best that, uh, that they've played all season. And, I mean, what better time to get hopped in you know, at the end of the year when you're competing for an SEC championship, and now you're going to be playing for a national championship. And i tell you what, I mean, honestly, and this is just not to, you know, because I'm on your show, Tarvin, but if I had a vote for Heisman, I I mean, like you just said, to me, in my opinion, all right, this is just my opinion, the Heisman Trophy is all about 
you know, the guy that shows up in big games, okay? And people will try to say, well, then that means it's an MVP. It's not necessarily an MVP, okay? The Heisman Trophy is supposed to go, by definition, the most outstanding college football player. Well, to be outstanding is to be at your best when when it's on the line the most. And Trey Mason, I think, the past few weeks has done that. So if I had a vote personally – that that's who I would vote for. Yeah, and yesterday he averaged almost seven yards a carry, and, and he carried it 46 times. He had a 52-yard run, but four touchdowns, Trey. I mean, if I had to vote for the best running back in the country right now, it would have to be him, looking at the defenses he plays week in and week out. Missouri had the best front seven in the nation, according to Nick Saban, too, and you look at their stats. Missouri, Trey, went from number two against the run in the SEC to number nine in one game. I mean, that's a half a season of rushing right there in one game. Yeah, I mean, you know, Missouri was a, was a pretty good defense before that, obviously. I mean, whether <laughs> Trey Mason's the best running back in, in college football, I, I don't know that to be true. I mean, I think Andre Williams has got a pretty darn good case rushing over for 2,000 yards and, you know, a bunch of touchdowns of his own. But Trey Mason, you know, we'll talk about whether he's in that high five or not. He certainly had a coming out party like nobody's business. Well, well, when I was when I was watching this game, one thing I noticed that that concerned me is Nick Marshall. I mean, he he does some, you know, he had some great runs. He had a couple of big passes. I mean, he was nine for eleven, one hundred thirty-two yards and a touchdown. But Trey, Nick Marshall is going to have to do something about being careful with the football. I mean, he was running and he got he fumbled three times last night and lost two of them. I mean, doesn't that concern you? If you're watching Auburn and you look at Florida State, I mean, these guys like to strip the football. And I think that's exactly what Florida State's going to notice on film, that Nick Marshall fumbles about every game. Yeah, I mean, I think Marshall obviously is still a potential liability. And we talked about some of the reads, his ability to, uh, you know, lose the football. I mean, but, you know, he, he has huge holes, too, at times, and he's so fast. I think uh, one of the things that you know they're going to have to work on his film is obviously his his ability to hold on to the football and make good decisions. Yeah, that concerns me watching that the carelessness of that team. But but going back to Trey Mason, every time Auburn got in a hole last night and they needed something, Trey Mason was there uh, to really carry this team. And let's look at Franklin from Missouri. He had a great, a great game, twenty one for thirty seven, three hundred three. Trey he had a couple of those big six six receivers down the field. Josie did a great job running until he got through into a golf cart uh, on the sideline, but the face mask was on Josie that it called. But should the Auburn player have been ejected for that, Trey? Yeah, I mean, I actually thought it at, at first. When I first saw it, when I saw it again, I was unsure because, I mean, it wasn't a malicious push. It was certainly a push. Um, you know, the Missouri player, you know, disengaged, Posey or whatever his name is, you know, well out of bounds, and then the Auburn player kept going. It's one of those, those plays that you don't like to see. I mean, but, you know, they got a 15-yard penalty. They got it right, the personal foul. Um, but whether the ejection, I mean, there's no there's no really grounds for that, I think, on that play. Yeah, I thought after watching it, Cuervo, I thought he maybe deserved to be ejected because it looked like he saw the golf cart, what was about to happen, and he pushed him into it. So if I was an official in that situation, I would have ejected the Auburn's player. Really? That's really interesting because the biggest Auburn fan I know would actually throw, throw out an Auburn Tiger out of a game? Now, yep. I mean, how close were you to 
to where that happened? I mean, was it like did he hit that thing pretty hard? I mean, I we I mean you can only hear it so loud on TV. So I'm wondering if like yeah, I was, I was, or what? I could I couldn't hear it. I mean, I I wasn't that close to that side, but I mean Josie's a one of the. I mean, you watch this show. He had his whole knee blown out and reconstructed and everything, and he came back and to to push. Now, if the golf cart hadn't have been there, it's just a fifteen yard flag. But I really believe we saw the golf cart. The guy saw the golf cart and pushed him into it. I think it was a very classless play on the part of Auburn, and I guarantee you, Gus Malzahn could possibly suspend him for that. I mean, I'm just saying. What I'm thinking, if I was a coach, I would look into that. But if Auburn suspends one of their defensive players, they're not going to have many left. So they've got a lot of injuries in the secondary. But there's no call to try to hurt somebody to doing that. And that really aggravated me when I saw it on TV. Now, during the game, when you're watching it live, you can't really see it. But after watching it on TV, he would have been gone, Trey. I mean, no questions asked. Yeah, it was dirty and uncalled for, for sure. Um Absolutely, Carly. Mean, you don't want to see that kind of sportsmanship on your team. Uh, absolutely. But I'll tell you the key to this game, guys. Third down, Auburn was seven to fourteen, and Missouri was two to twelve. I think the third down, when Auburn could get to a third down, they really put pressure on the quarterback, and they really stood up. They had two turnovers. Missouri had one, but it was a great SEC championship game. I mean, it had everything you wanted besides defense. But it was a good one. So now we have Florida State, Auburn in the national title game, and we're going to break this down for a month. So we won't attempt to start breaking this down tonight, Trey, since we're about to go. But let's move to the Heisman Trophy, Trey. Five, your top five right now, or whatever. If you have three, who do you have? Yeah, I'm going to give you. I mean, what I think the five will be, and I'm going to try to put it in order, which is a little more difficult. But I'm going to say. I'm going to start by number five, Tarvin. My number five, getting the last dinner, uh, is going to be um, Jordan Lynch from Northern Illinois. I think he's still, based on his numbers, putting up more rushing yards than most Heisman Trophy running backs. Gets the dinner, Tarvin. He's number five. My number four uh, is uh, Andre Williams, the running back out of Boston College. 2,000 yards rushing. To me, honestly, just a, a phenomenal year. Uh, anytime you have a guy rush over 2,000 yards, hasn't been done since 2008. He deserves a dinner. Uh, I could have him all the way up to number two, by the way. I just don't know how his last game against Syracuse is going to impact his voting. Uh, we only had 29 yards. Number three, Tarvin, I think, is um, jo- Johnny Manziel. I think he's going to get a dinner. He deserves going to get votes for the season he had. Two, I have Trey Mason. And it's not that I think he's a better running back than Andre Williams. I just think when you have the momentum of an SEC championship game and you put up 300 yards on a, a really stout defense, even though he was, I think he's number seven in the nation in rushing, um, I, I don't think that matters when it comes down to it because it's the star quality. It's the fact that he's going to play in the national championship and the voters are voting right now. So I think Trey Mason gets a huge bump for that. Uh, and that's why I think he finishes above, um, above Andre Williams. And, of course, I think number one is going to be pretty secure this year in Jameis Winston. He wins it all. Uh, but I think Trey Mason gets all the way up there, Tarvin. I think it's because of that big stage and that star quality that he had against a very good Missouri defense. Well, Paul put his in the chat room, and I agree with his five, and, and that's exactly who I would have put in. You have A.J. McCarron at five, Manziel at four, and this is not his order, but this is mine. Williams, three. You have Mason, two. 
and Winston won, Cuervo. I mean, what do you think? Is there anybody on this list that I named that, that you're thinking about? Well, I, I do want to throw out one more name, guys. Um, and, and this doesn't mean that any of these other guys don't shouldn't get any consideration. But, um, you know, a guy that that I've been keeping an eye on all season, and, you know, I'll probably get laughed at, but that's okay. But I, I like I like the quarterback out of Fresno State, Derek Carr, David's little brother. I mean, he's a, he's he he plays on the West Coast, so that you know nobody really knows about him. But this guy this year, just to throw some numbers at you, you know, over 4,800 passing yards, 48 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Um, you know, Fre- I mean, Fresno only one loss this year, guys. And it was by 10 points. Yeah, the bad San Jose State team. This kid threw over 500 yards and six touchdowns in that game. So, I mean, the guy the guy put up monster numbers this year, and um, you know nobody's talking about him. So that that's that's just like one of those dark horse type, you know, nobody's talking about him type guys. Is uh, Derek Carr out of Fresno State? Well, Trey, Trey, you have to have A.J. McCarron in there. I mean, looking at what he's done in his career, and he's put up some good numbers, too. And Alabama's been a predominantly rushing football team with defenses, but without A.J. McCarron, you could you could really see Alabama struggling the last few years. I don't agree that McCarron deserves a shot here. He's 42nd in the nation in passing. Um just, I mean, his numbers aren't there when it comes down to it. I mean, I would put Derek Carr uh, there over McCarron as well. I mean, if I had McCarron, I think he'd be 8th or ninth, maybe 10th on my ballot if I had a ballot, Tarvin. I mean, I don't give career awards. I don't believe in a career award for the, he- for the Heisman Trophy. And I think that if you take away what he's done absent this year, you look at just this year, I mean, tell me how he deserves it over other guys. I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, I, but I'm, I'm not – Gauging it by what we think, I'm I'm trying to think of the mind of Heisman voters and how much they do that. You know, they put on a career, and if A.J. McCarron in Alabama had a beaten Auburn, guys, A.J. McCarron would have went in that number two hole probably, and heck, you never know. He could have passed Winston with a even – with, even though he, the charges weren't pressed on him, Trey, I really think that some of the voters aren't going to vote for him just because they feel he's guilty anyway. Yeah, I mean, talking about McCarron, if he wins Auburn, Tarvin, I mean, that's a different story because that's a marquee win that McCarron really doesn't have. Um, you know, he doesn't have that top ten elite win against a team that's ranked right now in the top ten. Um, you know, but he has 26 touchdowns, Tarvin. I mean, Derek Carr has 22 more than he does. I mean, he almost has yeah. as many touchdowns over McCarron that McCarron has. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive. So, I mean, I could easily be okay with Derek Carr getting the dinner over Jordan Lynch. Um but given that Jordan Lynch was number two on a lot of the ballots that came out last week, um, I just think that he will, he won't fall all the way out of the dinner. Well, I think he's going to fall out because he, he had a stage Friday night to play on, and he had to go undefeated because if you lose a game with that schedule, then then obviously you're not going to be on there, in my opinion. And, Trey, even though he looked good at times, I mean, he lost. He lost to Bowling Green on national TV when he was the only game on, I think he falls down to number seven or eight, possibly. I just don't see him getting a dinner. There's just no way I could see him doing it because look at the competition he's facing. And when you say Carr as well, guys, Fresno State, I mean, he he has more – Carr has more touchdowns than McCarron, but, my God, look at the defenses McCarron faces every week compared to, to Carr at Fresno State, Cuervo. 
No, and that's a good point, and and that's why that's why people are going to leave him out of it because of the weak schedule that Fresno State plays. But a lot of it too has to do with the fact that I mean, let's face it, you know, he plays on the West Coast, where a lot of people on the East side of the country don't really get to watch a whole lot of him now. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying that nobody ever wins the Heisman from the West Coast, you know, Matt Lyon or Reggie Bush, but I mean that was that was when USC was the number one team in the nation and everybody was paying attention. So, but I mean, you know, I, I just I, you know Derek Carr. I mean, you're, you're talking mon- you know big time numbers, the most yards uh, out of any quarterback in the country, the most touchdowns out of anyone in the country. So, uh, you know, it, it's just uh, you're talking about big time numbers. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, and you're all right. I mean, I mean, if he if he gets in there, that's fine. If Carr gets in, I won't be disappointed. But Trey Mason deserves to get a dinner, and I'm I'm waiting to see if he does. I think he will. But that's one of the ones I'm looking for. It's, it's good to see your team that you pull for somebody getting recognized. But there's some great players out here, guys. I mean, there's so many great players out there. We could list probably 20 or 30 players that deserve a dinner. But we can't do that tonight, guys. But Trey, before we go in the NBA, Kobe Bryant is coming back. It was tonight his first night back. Tonight is his first thing, first game back. He scored uh, zero points, two rebounds, two assists. That's some great numbers there. So, do you, do you think that they maybe pushed him back a little too early, or maybe he pushed himself? I don't think anybody's going to tell Kobe Bryant what to do. Yeah, I mean he's going to be rusty, so we'll have to see how quickly he starts playing better. But yeah, tonight he's a uh, see. I don't see the shooting statistics just yet. But, yeah, so he's, he's struggling tonight. Yeah. Well, guys, great show. And, and, Trey, you better bring your A game with you from here on out with me because Florida State and Auburn, they're playing each other in the BCS championship. So, you know, I'm going to take some cheap shots at you while you're down now. <laughs> take your shots now, buddy. I'll take mine later. Okay, good. Well, that's going to be a great match. But like, I'm I mean, next Sunday, buddy. I'm coming, I'm coming for you next Sunday. Okay, what about Wednesday? Uh, I'll, I'll let you have Wednesday. I'm, I'll take Sunday. Okay. And, guys, speaking about Wednesday, I'm going to see. We're we're probably going to do a show, but we may take a night off after all of this football that's been going on. And I think Trey deserves a break, and I deserve a break too, Trey. So let's do this. Let's, let's cancel Wednesday night's show for right now, and let's move it to Sunday night. And let's, let's get all of our information together. What do you think? Sounds good, buddy. I'll post the games and we can still do our pick them, but let's uh, let's take a let's take a breather after all this. Yeah, we need a breather and we're gonna hit it hard. But guys, thanks for joining us. So glad to see Dustin Porterfield in the chat room, Paul Ewing, Jason Humphrey, Cuervo, Zach Allen, the big LSU Tiger down there. Glad to see him in there. There was some more Jason and Sonia Minson and other people in the chat room that's dropped off. Thanks for joining us. And uh, Paul wants to know if we're going to do a live show from Pasadena. Well, that could be that could be possible. It's kind of hard to do that though, but it's possible. But I will be in Pasadena, and uh, y'all pray that I come back happy. So Trey, everybody out there, have a great work week. Have a great week in general. We'll see you next Sunday night. <laughs>